you know, I'm 50. Um, I grew up watching those teams. And Franco Harris and Joe Green, you know, those were the guys that made me love the Steelers and love football. Tough week for Steelers fans and the organization as a whole. Days before the Steelers were going to retire Franco Harris's jersey and celebrate the Immaculate Reception, he passed away. We have some thoughts on Franco Harris and where he ranks as an all-time Steeler. Great, we'll get to that a little bit later in the program. But first and foremost, it's the Steelers Wire podcast. Welcome into the show. It's Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by Kurt Popejoy, the managing editor of USA Today Steelers Wire. Kurt, how are you on this holiday weekend? I know a blizzard is crushing you in your area at home as we speak. I think it's yeah. coming my way soon. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think uh, most of the country is going to get this thing before it's all said and done. But yeah, we're pretty bunkered in right now. It's about minus 21 wind chill outside, so... Good, good day to not do much of anything. A good day to be nice and warm, have some coffee, and talk about the Steelers, right? And we're going to be yeah, there you go. diving into some fun topics here on the show this week. Uh, but, you know, hopefully everyone's staying safe with the weather. Going to make for some a crazy Christmas Eve slate now. All the games are kind of on Saturday this week, which is kind of fun. There's only three games on Sunday, I believe. So mm-hmm. there should be some snowy weather. Some You see the air coming out of the helmets, that kind of weather, especially in Pittsburgh. So it should make for some uh, Christmassy holiday spirit kind of football, I think. But we hope everybody's safe out there. We hope you, the listener, especially has a safe and happy, healthy holiday weekend. This will be our final podcast of 2022. But don't worry, we'll be back the first week of January to pick this thing up. We're going to ride this thing out with the Steelers, Kurt, and start looking ahead to 2023, right? Unless we win out and decide to talk playoffs. Yeah, you you never know. You never know. They We got a big win over Carolina, and Mitch Trubisky uh, leads the Steelers to victory. And now, I guess... Kenny Pickett's going to get his job back, and, and I think that's where I want to start. Yeah, Mike Tomlin announcing Kenny Pickett as the starter versus Vegas um, now that he's been cleared from a second concussion, or I, just assuming that he is fully cleared, I think, is is was what mm-hmm. we got from him earlier yeah. this week. Big Ben disagrees on his podcast. I always like checking out what Big Ben's talking about on his pod. Uh, Kurt, you guys do a great job uh, putting those posts up on Steelers Wire and keeping us up to date. And here's what Big Ben said. I want to get your take on this. He said, I don't ever give up. I don't want to say ever, listen, I'm done for the season. But at some point, if you're the franchise and you're not going to make it, you're not going anywhere. You talk about the playoffs there. It might be smart to shut him down. So it's kind of a tough quote to break down because Ben's almost talking about it in two different ways, right? He's almost talking about as a person and from the team angle in the same comment. But what I reading between the lines, Kurt, what I got is, look, I'm never one to say, I'm done for the season because we know Big Ben was kind of an Iron Man throughout his career. But he's almost right. saying if he was Kenny Pickett, if he was Kenny Pickett's camp, he would be going to the Steelers and saying, look, I'm done for the season. I had two concussions and we're, let's pick it up next year. Let's get me right. Um, and, and that thing. It almost sounds like Ben is advocating for that piece of it, which I found pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, and it's interesting. I mean, I've seen a lot of people sort of being critical of, of Big Ben, you know, because he was a, a rookie starter. and how can he be one to say, uh, you know, you you go out and, and say you're, you'd be okay with sitting him down? But people got to remember, I mean, Ben went 13-0 and as a starter his rookie season. I mean, he's never been on a team that wasn't relevant at this point in the year. I mean, this, was, this would be kind of new territory for him. You know, the idea of being a quarterback – you know, Ben has sat a lot of last games of the season because playoff positioning was decided and those sorts of things. And 
even in those games, he's even said, you know, that he's wanted to play. So I get the first part of what he's saying. But at the same time, you know, this would, this would be foreign territory for Big Ben to be be this far out of it with three games left to play. So, you know, he, he's offering his opinion, an opinion I absolutely agree with. I said it weeks ago when, when Kenny Pickett got that second concussion, he should never play another snap this season. Um, you know, he, he's looking at it from, man, if I were in his spot and this team wasn't going anywhere, is it better to, to stay healthy and be ready for 2023? I, I can't argue against it because I've kind of been on this bandwagon. But I get where, you know, some people have kind of taken some shots at Big Ben for this. But I think people have to remember Big Ben's point of view on this is his teams have always been in playoff contention. I mean, it's, you know, he's, he's never been in a position where they weren't at least fighting for a wild card right down to the wire. And so um, he's never really been put in a position where there was nothing to play for with with three games left. But I, I agree with Ben. I think he's, a, you know, like we said last week, I think him being able to speak freely on this podcast is one of the best things that the, the Steelers could get right now. You know, getting a guy who spent all those years with the team being able to really kind of talk about the team and, and his, his perspective on it. I, I think, I think he, uh, he's got a lot of smart things to say. I think this is another one for sure. Yeah. It's, it's always a lightning rod with big Ben talks on this podcast. I love it. I agree with you, Kurt. I, I think I don't really have much to criticize there. I kind of agree with them, but the Steelers are not mathematically eliminated, right? They still have right so now. Right. It's it's half a percent. It's half a percent. Okay, so there's a rooting point guide. five or point three, yeah, something like that. It's yeah. So I guess we got to start Kenny Pickett because we're not mathematically eliminated yet. But you know, I just think yeah. I think I talked about this last week, and uh, I still feel I feel even stronger about it coming out of this game against a Carolina team that was playing pretty good football, as we talked about last week. You could still compete and play good football with Mitch Trubisky for now. We know Kenny Pickett's the future. So I don't see any reason why, you know, you wouldn't shut him down, but sounds like he's going to give it a go. We'll, uh, we'll talk more about the matchup with Vegas here coming up, but I did want to hit on uh, the pro bowl selections too, Kurt, because this is another big, Hmm. uh, big storyline that's kind of circulating within the fan base. And it's that TJ Watt made the pro bowl. Now he's missed seven games with a torn pack and, he just hasn't been himself this year, right? Not since no, week one. He no. just he hasn't been himself. Other injuries too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He's clearly dealing with other things. He hasn't really been close to the TJ Watt that we've seen uh, the, even in week one and previous seasons. He's just not that guy. Now he's still TJ Watt. He's still that name. Maybe that's why he made the Pro Bowl. But how big of a snub was Alex Highsmith? Right. I mean, I think there is a contingent well, of Steelers yeah. fans with his eleven sacks compared to Watt's four. Uh, and Watt missing all this time, that they probably feel like Highsmith got snubbed, and maybe Highsmith should be in the Pro Bowl and not T.J. Watt. Absolutely. And by the time it's all said and done, he probably will be. Um, I can't, you know, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if, if Watt chose not to go participate. I don't know what with this new format, how all that works or whatever the case may be. But, you know, a lot of these guys have things built into their contracts that they want to be a part of that. So, yeah, I, I can't imagine – anybody that's that's watched the two guys play this year now I will say that I think that Alex Highsmith's great season has been a product of having TJ Watt on the field because he went into a pretty serious drought when when Watt was out so I think he benefits a great deal but the numbers are the numbers you can't deny the fact that Alex Highsmith statistically has had a stronger season and like I said you know 
I think Watt is in there on reputation as much as anything. I, I don't know how much the fan vote counts, but I'm sure that the Steelers fans stuffed the stuffed the ballots as much as they could for him. But yeah, it's kind of silly. Put a guy in there that's got four sacks and played eight games or whatever the case may be. And, you know, regardless of what he did last year, um, yeah, I, I think if there's anybody that has a beef with it's Alex Highsmith, but he's the last person that's ever going to say he does. He's a, he's a pretty humble guy. So I'm sure he'll just wait and let the process play itself out. And, you know, like I said, if they're doing subs like they used to, where guys can back out and get replaced like they did, I'm sure Highsmith is, is top of the list to, to join if, if TJ Watt were to say he's not going to participate. Yeah. Maybe, maybe even Watt will, you know, kind of make it a thing and, and hand over his, his spot to Highsmith or something like that. At least get there him on the go. team. You never know if Watt decides not to play. What? What? Kurt? You don't think Watt wants to play flag football out there or whatever they're doing? Okay. I don't. I don't think. You know. <laughs> I think interested. he probably does. He's the most competitive guy. I mean, yeah. he, he may want to get out there and and do it, but I would hope not. <laughs> yeah, especially if he's got some lingering injuries and stuff. Uh, probably not the best idea. Uh, all right. So we got some other stuff that we're going to get to here coming up next, but, uh, fantasy playoffs are, are happening right now, Kurt. And I think with the weather across the country, this is wild. Like who do you start in, in your fantasy playoffs? If you're in the semifinals, right? Trying to get to the championship yeah. and you, you've got these freezing cold temperatures and wind all over the place and snow, oh, man, it's going to be, there's gonna be some tough decisions out there. Thankfully we have a friend. His name is Corey Bonini. He works for the huddle.com. He's going to tell us who to start. And Kurt and I will be right back. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number 16. Quarterback Daniel Jones, New York Giants at Minnesota Vikings. It seems like every week, Minnesota's a defense to target for anyone looking to stream a quarterback. But it takes a certain set of circumstances to be willing to roll with Jones. His receiving core is underwhelming, if we're being kind, and the offense runs through Saquon Barkley. No one should bench a proven stud for him, of course. That said, the Vikings have allowed three rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks this year, and three of the last four passers to face this defense have been good for at least 330 yards. If you're in a 2QB setup or you're playing DFS, Jones is an interesting play. Pittsburgh Steelers running back Najee Harris versus the Las Vegas Raiders. The second-year pro has a floor of 9.9 PPR points in nine straight, but has been capped at 14.6 as a high over the last four contests. The Raiders have been abused by running backs in 2022, and it has come in all forms of success. This is a top-seven opponent for ease of rushing touchdowns, receptions allowed per game, aerial yards and outing, and total touchdown frequency since Week 10. Most gamers probably won't be benching Harris, but he could be in store for a much stronger outing than usual this week. Seattle Seahawks wide receiver Marquise Goodwin at Kansas City Chiefs. Wide receiver Tyler Lockett is poised to miss this one with a finger injury, and the veteran speedster and Goodwin will be asked to step up. Kansas City is capable of hanging points with the best of them, and this could get Seattle into a pass-heavy script if the defense is unable to contain Patrick Mahomes and co. Goodwin is a risk-reward wide receiver three who is one week removed from a five-catch, 95-yard, one-touchdown showing. So there's something to work with here. Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end Kate Otten at Arizona Cardinals. Otten was starting to find his groove late into the rookie's campaign before being held to a lone 20-yarder versus the Bengals. Arizona tends to be the cure for all all tight end ales, but we've seen a few poor performances sprinkled in among the brilliant ones of late, so this could go either way and not really surprise anyone. If you're in position to either gamble on a lineup spot or you play DFS, this matchup is for you. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado 
Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See tipico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, we're back. And before we get to Steelers Vegas, Kurt, and my shenanigans out in Las Vegas, I was out there last weekend for uh, the Patriots Raiders game. We all know how that game ended. So uh, we can kind of chuckle. We could chuckle about that in a little bit, Kurt. Don't worry. I'm over it. I I had a hard. It was harder to get over all the bourbon and blackjack I played than than getting over the football game. Right. That's really what the recovery. I'm, I'm more recovering from that piece of it than the football game. But we'll get to that here coming up. But first, we got to hit on Franco Harris. Uh, Franco Harris passed away. Uh, just a legend for the Steelers, right? I think he's still the franchise leader in rushing yards. He was going to have his jersey retired in this game on Christmas Eve. Kurt, is that right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, so it was all going to be part of the part of the celebration of the immaculate reception. They were going to retire his jersey. Wow, it's amazing how how this happens sometimes in life. You know what I mean? Like we were going to be celebrating him here on Saturday. He passes away a few days before that. Uh, you know, just by all accounts, Harris was uh, a rightful Steeler and Steeler legend, right? It just yeah. like there's nothing that is out there that would make you think anything differently of him. And you guys have this post. I think it's it's been up a few times over the years but where you rank the mm-hmm. greatest Steelers of all time. Uh, where does Harris rank in your opinion, Kurt? Is He's up there with the very best. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he has always been, I mean, it just, a, you know, my age, you know, I'm 50, and I grew up watching those teams. And Franco Harris and Joe Green, you know, those were the guys that made me love the Steelers and love football. And so, you know, he's a guy that you, you always appreciate the fact that he, he was a Steeler. You know, I know he spent his one year as a Seahawk or whatever, but he, he was always a Steeler. You know, even after his career ended, there was never, he always had a strong relationship with the, with the, uh, the organization, stayed a part of it. Um, for me, you know, when I rank the, the 25 greatest, greatest Steelers of all time, he's always been in my top 10. I know sometimes I, I kind of shuffle guys around a little bit. Um, I think on the, the list, the, the most current one, I think I have him at number nine. Um, you know, right, right ahead of Heinz Ward, right behind Terry Bradshaw. Um, probably the third greatest offensive player in franchise history behind. Terry Bradshaw and, and Ben Roethlisberger. And for a franchise like Pittsburgh, I mean, Franco Harris never got the headlines. You know, he played on a, a team that won four Super Bowls in six years, arguably with the greatest defense that's ever been assembled in NFL history. And so anytime you put a list like this together, it's, it's hard not to just let that list be dominated by defensive players. Even in the modern age, you know, Troy Polamalu and Rod Woodson. I mean, you've got to find a place to put all those guys in the, in the top 10. And so for Franco Harris, I mean, I, I could never, you know, I've even, I've even had people try to argue with me that Jerome Bettis was a better back than Franco Harris and, and things like that. And that's fine. I mean, that's what those lists are for. But for me, you know, part of the reason that I will always give the nod to Franco is because he's, he's part of the reason I became a Steelers fan. You know, he was one of the guys I remember watching when, when football wasn't as accessible as it is now. And you really, you know, you, you knew the te- the players on the great teams because those are the teams you got to watch. You didn't have access to every team every week. 
And so, you know, he, he was just a remarkable player ahead of his time. Um, pretty incredible. I, I saw an interview with him this morning that he did with Cam Hayward just about eight or 10 hours before he passed away and seemed like he was fine. Um, it's just, it's heartbreaking, you know, for, for Steelers fans. I, I've been really impressed with the outpouring, you know, on social media by people that have nothing to do with the NFL. And I think that really kind of gives you an understanding of just how much bigger he was than, than his spot as a, as a running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, no doubt about it. Do you remember uh, where you were when you, when you saw the Immaculate Reception as a kid? Um, no, I would have been, I mean, I know where I would have been. I would have been at my folks. Um, my growing up in my house, you're either a Cowboys fan or a Steelers fan. My mom was a Steelers fan. My dad was a Cowboys fan. And because I was a mama's boy, I rooted for the Steelers. And so I know I was, I know I was sitting in the living room of their single wide trailer watching that game when it happened. So, um, that's where we watched every NFL game as, as far back as I can remember, um, until I was a, a young adult. That was that was where we watched every game. So I know I would have been there for that play without a doubt. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, the, so the Steelers they were set to honor Franco Harris for the immaculate reception at halftime. I'm sure they'll still be honoring him in in some type of way during this ball game. You know, sure. we'll see what happens, what the team comes up with. But uh, yeah, that's a that was tough news this week for sure to swallow. Uh, and now now getting into this ball game, we mentioned the weather. Kurt, uh, the Steelers are two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Vegas Raiders. With temperatures on Saturday night expected to dip into the single digits, wind chills well below zero. It, this game, I'm, I'm hearing, you know, they're, they're saying it could be the coldest game in Steelers history, which that's saying something as well. With kind of that's, this yeah, that's remarkable. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'll say this. For, for any fans listening who are going to the ball game, I actually attended the coldest game in Patriots history. Again, I'm a Patriots fan. Uh, it was a Brady versus Manning game. It was P- Pats against Broncos. Wind was howling. No one could even tailgate. The wind was howling so hard. There was no tailgating. And, you know, if you go to a Patriots home game, they have the big parking lots. There's tons of tailgating around the stadium because literally the stadium is in the middle of nowhere, Massachusetts, Foxborough. It's like it's mm-hmm. it's near nothing. It's in the middle of nowhere. And all you can do <laughs> is sit in the parking lot and drink. Kurt, really, that's all to do. So. I remember like during the game, I got a hot chocolate during the game, put it in the cup holder, and a couple minutes later, it was frozen. So the stuff like that was happening. And all I can say to fans going to the game is just make sure you get your hands and feet right because I did not wear the yeah. windproof boots. I got the boots wrong, Kurt, and I suffered big time for that. Uh, I, I don't think I felt my feet again until like I got home later that night. Like I was like, oh, my toes. So uh, it, it was yeah. painful. That yeah. game also went to overtime. So wishing all the Steelers fans who were yeah. going luck. Make sure you dress warm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wear a shirt. Don't don't be those guys that go out there without a shirt on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I still don't understand how. Uh, watch that Bills game last week. All those Bills fans out there with no shirts on. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, they, yeah, um, they're psycho. Uh, I, I went to one. I went to one brutally cold football game. I went to a Division two national championship game um, down in Florence, Alabama, years ago, and it was about fifteen below, and the wind was just cutting through everybody and oh my gosh and it was a basically the stadium down there in florence is like a big high school stadium so there's no walls there's no it's like open and oh my god it was the it was the coldest three hours of my life and to drive all the way to florence and have my team lose and have to drive back was the worst so yeah Yeah. cold weather makes it worse cold weather cold weather makes it worse but it could be fun if you win 
Uh, and you yeah. have to think that the cold weather will benefit the Steelers, right? The Raiders play in that beautiful new stadium out there in the desert, right, Kurt? Sure. So you'd think that there would be advantage Steelers in the cold on, in Pittsburgh on, on Saturday? I mean, I think I think on some level, sure. I, I think that uh, I think all these guys, you know, you got so many players that make their way to teams from other teams or they play college ball in cold weather and stuff, you know, so I don't I, I, I don't necessarily think that it'll be a, a massive advantage um, because it's going to be so cold. I don't think any of these guys are going to be accustomed to playing in it necessarily. Um, I think where it may be the advantage to Pittsburgh is the fact that well, over the last few weeks, they found that they can run the ball with two or three different guys. And I think that's probably what's going to help them more than anything. I, I do worry a little bit about, you know, a rookie quarterback throwing a frozen football around um, with his with his double gloves on, but we'll see. You know, we'll see if they minimize that for them for for Kenny Pickett because that that was the one thing that kind of crossed my mind was I know he played at Pitt, he played in that same stadium, but again, this was cold that probably none of these guys have ever played in. So we'll we'll see how how Mike Tomlin prepares for that piece. But but like he said, every every NFL team needs to be an all weather team at this point. I think you know. Dome teams that have been dome teams for a long time. <clears throat> You've always seen that as sort of a sort of a handicap for teams. But I think Vegas is probably new enough to the game, maybe that they're not. It's not going to hurt them too bad. I'm sure Max Crosby's played in a few cold weather games. Um, I don't think it's going to slow him down too much, and he's the he's the guy I'm worried about. So, <clears throat> yeah, that that Raiders pass rush is no joke. There's no doubt about that. Uh-huh. They were. They were getting to Mac Jones all day last week uh, with just a three-man rush because they're so good on the edge yep. with Crosby. and um, So you got to look out for that. I also think that Derek Carr can turn into a puddle against a good pass rush. So I would expect he the can. Steelers to be able yep. to handle their business a little bit there, right? Uh, yep. You get pressure on Derek Carr, man. You don't know what's coming. He threw a, an awful pick six against the Patriots. Yep. Uh, I think the, the Raiders were averaging like two yards per play in the second half until they got yeah. the game-tying scoring drive at the end and then the Patriots lost their mind on the final drive of regulation, <laughs> which I still and haven't I, recovered I that, from real, really. But Yeah, yeah. But, and I think, you know, I think Pittsburgh's going to go out there initially and try to make sure that Josh Jacobs doesn't beat him, you know, that they can't sustain some drives. But, yeah, if they can, if, if they can do that without having to commit a lot of extra bodies, they're going to they're gonna be able to come after Derek Carr. And I think that'll be a, I think that'll be a real difference maker in the game, if they can keep him off balance, um, because they don't, they don't necessarily have a guy who can cover, cover Devonte Adams. So they're going to have to do it, you know, by committee. And so, yeah, the, the pass rush is going to be big this week. We'll, we'll see how they do. Um, TJ Watt had a good game last week. Maybe he's, he's getting healthy and ready to, ready to earn that pro bowl vote. <laughs> I was going to say, he's going to be inspired by the pro bowl. Not going to come out and get Derek Carr. Uh, so again, the Steelers are two and a half point favorites at home against the Raiders. Uh, what do you think, Kurt? Do you think they win this game by three plus? I do. I, I think this is. I think this is their game to lose. I wrote that up this morning. I think there's too much working in their favor. You know, as great a tragedy it was that Franco Harris passed away. Um, I think that's going to inspire the guys. You know, the weekend, the the 50th anniversary celebration. Um, wearing the 70s throwback unis, everything. I think the energy is going to be incredible. And I think that uh, a lot of the guys have come out, you know, vocally and said that they really want to help 
Um, Mike Tomlin maintain his streak of non-losing seasons. I think I think they understand how much is at stake here this week, and I I expect to see maybe not the best game we've seen out of the Steelers all season, but it's going to definitely be one of the best games they've played all year. I'm with you. I, I think it's a good spot for Pittsburgh. I think it's good that they're home. I think they'll might maybe yeah. handle the weather a little bit better. I think their defense, the way they can play. I mean, I think the way they played against the run against Carolina, that was our. I was really worried about how they stack up against that Carolina run game, which had really yeah. been going uh, over the last month, and the Steelers shut it down last week. It was a big reason yeah. why they won the ball game, right? So, uh, if they're competitive in the run game, get pressure on Derek Carr. I, I don't really don't know how many how many points the, the Raiders are going to be able to score, <laughs> to be honest, in right. this ball game. So. Yeah, I like the Steelers. Actually, as the week went on, I, I kind of liked the Steelers more and more last week, Kurt, going into that game. And I actually, I was horrible at the sports book all weekend. I just got crushed. But I did bet the Steelers' money line uh, when it came to it. So I did win a little bit back there. Uh, and, I, and I expect yeah. to, to ride that a little bit more in this one, too. I think uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm predicting a win by the Steelers. I don't know if it'll be a blowout or anything, but I just think the spot, no, I like their spot no. more than the Raiders. Yeah. I think I think six or seven points, they should be pretty happy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they've played yep. close all season when they've won. So I don't I don't look for them to win double digits on anybody, but I do think I think they're getting, you know, Pat Fermi's gonna be healthy this week. He was on a pitch count last week. I think in a cold weather game, I think he could be a guy that you don't really think about that could could have a pretty big impact. Um so yeah, I, I like the Steelers this week, which is almost a lock to mean they're just going to get drummed right out of Akershire <laughs> Stadium. So, well, as long as they don't try a lateral with a tie game at the end of regulation, throwing it yeah, backwards right to Chandler yeah. Jones, you know, as long as they don't try any of that crap, they'll be fine. Uh, they should be able to yeah. win this one going away. So, play for overtime. Play yeah. for overtime. Jeez, man. Oh my gosh, it's that it's that freaking let's throw it backwards thing that's kind of infiltrated the Gosh. NFL over the last two years, that final play thing. And now players yeah. think they have to do it at the end of regulation when it's tied, Kurt. So uh, it's just, I blame that, yeah. that, that weird, it's the dumbest play in football when it happens. It barely ever works. And uh, yeah, it just it stresses disaster. me out. Even when, even when teams other than the Steelers are doing it, I was, I didn't, even, I didn't know the first time I saw the play, I had no idea how it was going to end. I was just watching a highlight and I was so stressed. Just watching that ball fly around like that. It's and I'm crazy. Like, Why do I care? But it, it just does it to you. Yeah, you see these these teams that you know it touches hands like six different times. They just keep throwing it backwards. The offensive lineman will get it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, now it's on the turf. Now you pick it up. You kick it backwards again. This guy, it's like ridiculous. It's the dumbest play in football. It's not even uh, fun. It's just like ridiculous. Terrible. And now it's like it's infiltrating terrible. the league and, and it's costing teams games now. Uh, and uh, yeah, so there's that thing. But yeah, I think we're both on Steelers at minus two and a half at home. I like that bet a lot. And Kurt, mm-hmm. I, I hope you have a great weekend. I know you got to work on Christmas Eve, but hopefully yeah, uh, you yeah. can get all your work done and get up and uh, enjoy your uh, holiday weekend, my man. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope everybody has a good Christmas. Same here. We we wish the best to all you listeners. Again, we won't be back next week. So we hopefully everybody enjoys the uh, holiday weekend, especially New Year's as well. And then Kurt and I will be back to finish out the season. We'll talk to you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.